Welcome into another edition of the Raptors Pod Table Podcast. Gil McGregor here with Kyle Irving. It's a next day wrap off of a 116-103 loss to the Brooklyn Nets. Not quite scary hours. They had two of the three guys, Kyrie Irving, not to be confused with Kyle Irving, and Kevin Durant were the two guys. James Harden still out with the hamstring injury, but the Raptors kind of just ran out of steam in this one. I know you had the takeaways over on NBA.com. A lot of good stuff, so check those out if you have not caught them yet. Kyle, what's the biggest thing you took away from this one? Well, first off, a uh, quick shout out to my distant cousin, Ky- Kyrie <laughs> Irving, who struggled a little bit last night. But uh, I mean, if you, if you were to th- tell me at the beginning of that game that Kyrie and KD would combine for just 26 points, I would have thought the Raptors would have had a pretty good chance. And it's not that the Raptors didn't have a good chance. They did. Uh, they had a, a late run at the end of the third quarter that made me feel like they had an opportunity to put this game away in the fourth quarter. But Kevin Durant did what he does best and showed up in the fourth quarter. And, you know, even just the other guys that were stepping up all game long um, and guys like Blake Griffin, guys like Jeff Green came in and they, they got the job done. And then even, you know, someone like Mike James, who just came over from the Euro league and he's, you know, on a 10 day contract and he comes in in the fourth quarter, scores 11 <laughs> points and dishes out six assists. It's a pretty impressive showing of guys just, you know, next man up and stepping up when they have to so you know it wasn't from a lack of effort from the Raptors in this one but at the same time you know that as good of a job as they did on the two stars they needed to do a better job on the supporting cast yeah take a look in the box score Kevin Durant 17 points was five or seven from the field uh kind of crazy stat line to look at it that way when you think about it like that um Kyrie nine points three for 13 from the field that's for the Nets and then uh for the Raptors Kyle Lowry had a team high 24 points game high 24 points OG 21 points another game of Big offensive growth and things for him. I believe that's five 20-point games in a row for OG. I think the longest such streak of his career coming into last night was two. The big one I mentioned not having, uh, running out of steam, Fred Van Vliet, four for 17, Pascal Siakam, two for 16. Raptors just aren't going to win very many games when those guys combine to shoot six for 33 from the field. It's the second end of a back-to-back. Got a big win over the Cavaliers on Monday. Fred Van Vliet is still dealing with the hip injury. After the game, he had a quote that his body isn't feeling very good, to paraphrase what he actually said. Um, So from that stretch where it looked like the Raptors are going to pull away to the things kind of tied, kind of turning in the fourth quarter, was it really just a matter of like just not having enough and their legs not being there? Could you tell when you're looking at them doing that? Definitely. I think more so than anything, it was that the Raptors threw that counterpunch in the third quarter to take the lead going into the fourth yeah. quarter. And I don't know if they exactly expected the Nets to punch back the way that they did. And when the Nets did, the Raptors didn't have another counterpunch in their system because guys like Pascal and Fred didn't have it going last night. Yeah. You know, it's encouraging to see Kyle Lowry finally knock down some threes. He went six for nine from three last night after going, I think it was like five for 23 or four for 23 through his first three games back. He was shooting under 18% from three through his first three games back from that uh, foot infection that he was dealing with. So it's nice to see him start to get into a rhythm, but you know, I mean, against a team like the Nets, even with James Harden out of the lineup, the Raptors are going to need all three of those guys clicking on at the same time, Kyle, Fred, and Pascal, especially when Gary Trent Jr. is out of the lineup. So you know, I mean, you touch on OG and seeing more encouraging things from him. He also had a career high tying six assists. He knocked down a nice little like Dirk fadeaway over Kevin Durant. That was, yeah. you know, encouraging to see just something that he did not have in his offensive arsenal any season previous to this one. Uh, and just shows that he's growing confidence in that area. But at the same time, you know, if, if Pascal and Fred are going to combine for five for a lifetime, the Raptors are going to be in trouble. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. I know you mentioned uh, OG and what he did. People were kind of comparing that center around to Kawhi. It looked like there was a little bit of trace here and there. I don't want to get too carried away, but I will say that when we had uh, our our little heat check over at NBA.com last year on OG's 23rd birthday, I said his peak is Kawhi Light. So, you know, it's early. I'm not going to pat myself on the back just yet, but if we're seeing more of this a year from now, uh, I will definitely be patting myself on the back and you guys will see me do it. Um, Another big performance. Exactly. 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 Another big performance. Kim Birch first double double as a Raptor. Kyle Lowry had the quote about getting him paid after Monday night's game. Well, Kim Birch is definitely doing his job to uh, ensure his role in the future uh, with the Raptors, or at least to make him desired. He had 13 points, 14 boards, uh, five for nine from the field. It seems like again, like the the fit is perfect. The chemistry is there. Again, no pun intended. But the the way that he's playing with this team, and and you know, our our colleague Scott Rafferty just had a point that like it's amazing how good this team looks when they have a big man who's able to catch the ball and finish the ball around the bucket, and the things that he's able to do while playing off the playmaking of guys like Fred and Kyle, and now OG as he's growing as a playmaker. Um, he's nothing short of impressive. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Um... Ken Birch had a great game last night. I don't want to take anything away from that. He played physical in the paint and he did his job down low. But at the same time, last night was a game where they missed Chris Boucher for sure. Mm-hmm. Because the Nets right from the get-go, DeAndre Jordan was healthy last night. He played zero minutes. Right from the get-go, Steve Nash decided they were going to play a little bit smaller, try and stretch out that, you know, Raptors interior of Ken Birch and Freddie Gillespie with guys like, you know, Jeff Green, like I said, 22 points. Yeah. Uh, Blake Griffin had 17 points off the bench. They were very clearly trying to stretch out that Raptors front court and they, they did a good job of it. Um, you know, Ken Birch is playing physical. He's grabbing rebounds. He's blocking shots. He's there on the offensive end with ready hands and he's not afraid to shoot the three and he's doing all these things that are encouraging. But last night was a night that for sure, when I'm watching the game, I'm like, yeah, Chris Boucher probably would have been a pretty good matchup for some of these, you know, quicker, uh, you know, more perimeter oriented bigs that the, the nets were throwing at the Raptors. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. And we kind of doubling back on, on Blake Griffin's performance and Jeff Green's performance. It's crazy to see one in your headline, you, you acknowledge it like the the guys, um, you know, the rotational guys or the, or the supporting cast or the Nets or the guys who, who stepped up and watching the game on Sportsnet, seeing Jeff Green get the unstoppable performer of the night uh, was pretty crazy to see. But it just speaks to the depth of this Nets team. And I don't think it's anything to scoff at for the Nets team who clinched a playoff berth with the win. They're the first uh, team in the Eastern Conference to clinch a playoff berth. There's more on that on, on NBA.com as well. Um, but, you know, these this team who has guys who have title aspirations, these are guys who are going to step up for this team when you're looking at it from the, the perspective of the Nets when they get hard and back and things of that nature. In playoff series, you might see a Jeff Green or a Blake Griffin alter the outcome of a playoff game with their performance. Yeah, and that's exactly what we saw last night. I mean, I said it again. Like, I already said it. Mike James is another one who – this guy yeah. comes in off the bench ice cold. He had barely played the whole game, and he drops 11 points and six assists in the fourth quarter. Like, these guys are just ready. They have a bunch of NBA players that have been – I mean, you touched on it in that Made to Chill Coors Light article of them mm-hmm. clinching the playoffs. It's – you know, they have a bunch of guys that have been there before, a bunch of guys mm-hmm. that have playoff experience. Some guys have finals experience. And that's going to go a long way when it comes to the postseason. And, you know, I don't think that's a mistake or, or a coincidence that that's the type of players that the Nets shaped this roster out to be. I mean, they knew that they had title aspirations going into the season. They went out and got a bunch of guys that are battle-tested. And then, I mean, on top of it, you have 
sharpshooters like Landry Shamit and Joe Harris, who, I mean, Landry Shamit was terrible the last time he played the Raptors, but he came out gunning again this time around and he was knocking down shots. They just have guys around Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving that, you know, when Kyrie has a night like he had last night where he only scored nine points, they had other guys that were ready to step up. Yeah, yeah. One one more thing on Mike James. It was, it was a play, I think, in, in maybe in the fourth quarter. He used to step back in the corner and, like, he's on the floor with KD and Kyrie. It's like the confidence that this guy has to have to where yeah. – Two of the best scores the game has ever seen, most gifted scores the game's ever seen are on the floor with you. And you're like, nah, I'm I'm going to get this because he's a guy who's been on the fringe of being in the league for so long. We saw him dominate in the TBT over the summer, and now he's finally in the league. And not only is he in the league, he's on a title contender and he's doing his thing. And I think that level of confidence is why you bring a guy like that in. Now, as for the Raptors, back to focus on the Raptors, it doesn't get any easier for this team. This They're, they're going into the gauntlet. They're about to head out west. Uh, we're waiting on an update on Chris Boucher's status, and they said he'd be reevaluated before the team goes out west. But we've been kind of foreshadowing it. When we saw the second half of the schedule, this upcoming stretch is what stood out to us, even before we knew where the team would be right now. Granted, they are, uh, I believe, a game and a half out of 10th right now after losing uh, last night. And they head to Denver to take on the Nuggets. Then they face the Jazz, Lakers, Clippers, four games in six days. At this point, I know we've always said one game at a time. Do we say it? Do we say this is make or break? The season and the chances to make a the play-in tournament will either be strengthened on this trip or they will be over when this trip is over next week. I think first off, uh, they should get the Kyle Lowry trade rumors going ahead of the Denver Nuggets game <laughs> because that was probably the Raptors' best game of the season when the night before the trade deadline when everyone thought it was Kyle Lowry's last game and Norman Powell's last game as well. But, uh, I mean, hey, that, that ended up being one of their best games of the season. So let's get the Kyle Lowry trade rumors swirling ahead of that one. But, no, I mean, like you just said, it really is make or break. Uh, there's not that many games left. I think there's, what, 11 games left in the season at this point. And ten, ten. four game, ten games left in the season. So games. these, this four game road trip is may as well be half the season uh, of what's left. So you know if they don't come away with at least two wins on this road trip, I think they're in trouble. Especially with the way that the Wizards playing, even though they just had their win streak snapped, it doesn't really seem like they're going to be cooling off anytime soon, which we keep talking about on here. And I just think that if if the Raptors don't come away with at least two wins. Three would be ideal, which is crazy to say, going out west to play against the teams that they're playing against. But, I mean, th- that's the point of desperation that they're at. If they're going to make the playing tournament, they're going to have to make some magic happen. And uh, I would say two wins is the, the barometer of what is going to make them a potential playing team. Absolutely. And just to update you, uh, to, to have the concrete update, the Raptors are 26 and 36 in 12th place, Bulls 26 and 35 in 11th place, and the Wizards are 27 and 34 in 10th place. So the Raptors are a game and a half out of 10th. They have one more meeting with the Wizards so they can make up ground there, one more meeting with the Bulls. They don't have the tiebreaker with the Bulls, but can make up ground there. So pretty much you look at it, there's the four-game trip, there's a meeting with the Wizards, a meeting with the Bulls, and they play the Clippers again too, and they play the Pacers on the last game of the season. So like off the top of my head, I know – Pretty much eight of the last 10 games, uh, the Raptors play, and obviously each game is high stakes. But I like the way you put it. I think 
you have to win at least two games on this trip to at least keep up the pace with everybody else uh, that's that's for this race. Because, I mean, we've seen ups and downs with uh, the Bulls. Uh, the Wizards have had ups and downs. Like, I don't know if they're more of the team we've seen at the beginning of the year or this eight-game win streak team or something in the middle. You had something great over on NBA.com on why Russell Westbrook is going to be a nightmare for teams if the Wizards uh, make the plan. And the same goes for the teams that they contend with for a playing spot. You better believe that Russell Westbrook's coming full throttle when the Raptors take on the Wizards uh, for the final time this season. Last question I ask you as they go into this trip. Actually, before I ask you that question, one big shout out to Freddie Gillespie, who uh, reports have surfaced today that he has signed a two-year deal uh, partially guaranteed for next season after signing two 10-day contracts with the Raptors. Freddie's going to well be deserved. a part, well, well deserved. deserved, well deserved part of the short-term future and, and potentially the long-term future with this franchise. And one thing I wrote about it in, in the newser on that is that, you know, he's earned the respect of his teammates on the floor and the coaches as well, but off the court, he's just been a great uh, personality. Uh, we saw it with his dance video. We saw it in his interviews. Like he's a great guy that fits the culture that the Raptors have. Yeah, he is. Freddie Gillespie, he brought the energy over the two 10-day contracts. I actually thought that he had played well enough in the first 10-day contract <laughs> to really warrant this multi-year contract after the first 10-day. But, you know, I understand the Raptors wanted to give him a second 10-day, plus that gave him the time to, you know, make Utah's deal official and everything like that. So it probably cleared roster space and, you know, the the cap and roster junkies probably understand it better than you and I do. Mm. But uh, it seemed like that all, all the chips fell into place uh, intentionally there. And, you know, it's, it's very well deserved on Freddie Gillespie's part. I don't, I can't think of a time where someone on a 10 day contract was playing, you know, more significant minutes than we saw with Freddie Gillespie. I mean, talk about being thrown into the fire and he, he came out uh, unscathed. So pretty impressive on his end. And it was a well-deserved contract signing. Yeah, I know you mentioned that he's like the first guy off the bench a couple games ago. And like, that's very rare that you see a 10 day contract guy be the first guy off the bench. So speaking to him and again, we talked about his path getting to the league from playing D3 and uh, being a walk on at Baylor. So this is a guy who learns the game and is still learning the game and uh, 23 years old. So, you know, with guys like him and Utah and Paul Watson and Jalen Harris, the Raptors have a lot of future pieces they can pick and choose from as they build moving forward. Now, back to the question I was going to ask you as this team is about to embark on the Western Conference trip. Uh, Paul Watson's still out. Jalen Harris, who hasn't played much this season, is out. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. has been out with, with a leg injury. We don't know about Chris Boucher's status. Fred Van Vliet is commenting on his physical uh, well-being or, or how he's feeling physically, that he's not feeling great. He had two back-to-back rough performances, played a season-high 42 minutes against the Nets, by the way. Um, how concerned are you about the team and their rotation as they go into this trip? And ultimately, do you think that's going to hinder them from this uh, two-game plateau that we think they need to reach or two-win plateau they need to reach on this trip? Freddie's performance yesterday was pretty concerning just because it was pretty evident and clear that you could see that he was laboring a bit. Um, and obviously, I mean, with other guys out, how crucial he is, even when guys aren't out, how crucial he is to the Raptors' success, seeing him hobbling around is – uh, not the greatest sign about uh, as the team's about to embark on that trip out West, but you know, I mean, the Raptors at this point, they've dealt with injuries. They've dealt with health and safety protocols. They've played with guys like holes in the lineup and guys filling in. And, you know, I don't think that they're the type of team at this point in the season that is really going to like hang their heads over the idea that maybe, you know, Fred Van Vliet has to miss one of these games because his hip just isn't 
functioning the way he wants it to. So, you know, I mean, as much as I want to say I am concerned and it is a concerning aspect of this upcoming road trip, I also think the team is just ready for it at this point in the season. They've seen enough of it. And, you know, I mean, guys that are, are playing minor roles off the bench are ready to step into bigger roles if they have to. Malachi Flynn being one of them, is he's the first name that comes to my mind. So I, I would say if there's an X factor to highlight on this trip, Malachi Flynn might just be that. Yeah, you were saying what you were saying. Malachi Flynn came to my mind. Next man up mentality. This Raptors team uh, knows it all too well, probably all the injuries they've dealt with over the past uh, three years and, and counting. So be interesting to see what the rookie can do. He's played very well as of late and continues to come on strong. Raptors back in action Thursday, April 29th. Over on Sportsnet, 9 p.m. against the Denver Nuggets, who will be without Jamal Murray, who suffered that torn ACL. But they've been 6-1 and one in his absence. Michael Porter Jr. has been playing really well, obviously led by an MVP candidate, the MVP favorite in Nikola Jokic. We've got you covered over on NBA.com, everything leading up to the trip and to that game at Ball Arena in Denver, Colorado. Keep it locked in with us here on the Raptors Pod Table podcast and on YouTube at Global Hoops Official. We've got you with more content leading up to the Raptors playoff push or play and push and uh, maybe their lottery odds moving forward. Again, that's us. Thanks for tuning in to the Raptors Pod Table podcast. For Kyle Irving, I'm Gil McGregor. We'll be back with you on Friday following the Raptors road trip opener in Denver. Thanks for tuning in.